Welcome to uh, America This Week, the makeup episode. Um, I'm Matt Taibbi. I'm Walter Kern. And we are talking still about um, a bunch of things, including the, 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 the Twitter files. I apologize for last week, folks. I was um, trying desperately to get one last thread out before the holidays and uh, got caught up with a bunch of things, so, so was not able to do the episode. But we're making it up today. And Walter, I'm so glad to be talking to you. How was your holiday? Well, I, I, my joke is that this year, instead of Christmas, I got a Christmas movie, um, meaning uh, a movie in which there are a lot of problems, a lot of challenges to be overcome, all in the spirit of being together on Christmas while the um, sort of superficial ritual, superficial rituals of Christmas, the tree lighting, the gift giving, and that have all taken a bit of a backseat. My son uh, broke a bone in a ski accident. Uh, I rescued stranded travelers from an airport 470 miles from me in Montana and drove them home oh in a truck. Yeah, through a blizzard. So this, um, is, this is planes, trains, and automobiles, basically, right? It was, yeah, it was planes, trains, and automobiles uh, crisscrossed with, you know, something a little more ghoulish um, in that I was in an emergency room. And, that, and then I was supposed to go to a Christmas party at which the hostess cut her finger on a mandolin slicing potatoes and went to the emergency room. So that didn't happen. Uh, or, or I guess the, the party happened, but it wasn't great for her um, getting back, you know, anesthetized or whatever. So, and, and the wind's blowing 65 miles an hour in Livingston, Montana right now. Gusts up to 65, which is not associated with a storm, just the horror of the northern plains. <laughs> So, so so here we are in the bunker, so to speak. What about your Christmas, Matt? You've been working pretty hard. I got to see my family uh, um, on on Christmas Day. Uh, they, they all flew in, so got to, got to see the kids and everything. So that was good. It's been weird. I mean, this whole thing has been has been really strange. Um, but the you know, I think I think it's been uh, worth it. Uh, yeah. These stories don't come along very often. They're uh, they're wild, and you know there, there's an element to this whole Twitter Twitter files thing that is about effort. I mean, we got to try to pour through as much material as we can as quickly as we can, and then find find things that we think are interesting, and then sort of recalibrate and look for the next level of whatever that is. Um, and so it's kind of an arduous process, but it's it's really fun, you know, uh, and uh, and I hope enlightening. We'll, we'll have to see. But uh, one last thing I want to say to everybody is I apologize for the sound quality this week because I'm sitting in a hotel lobby. Well, it strikes me that you're in the position of someone who is dipping a bucket into a well that has been filling for years and years and years and uh, filling in all kinds of ways from all directions. And uh, you're attempting uh, and, and, and your colleagues in, the matter of, in a matter of a few weeks to dip out some of the most important, enlightening, illuminating, uh, revelatory uh, scoops of that onslaught and and that can't be easy no I, 
uh, I was talking to my wife last night. It's a little bit like um, being an archaeologist, and you know, it's probably a dinosaur, but you don't know what kind. You know what I mean? You you find little bits of the animal, and uh, you lay them out on uh, on the ground and try to figure out where where they all go. Um, but I, I think at this point, you know, the the major the major thing that we um, well, we found out a couple of things that I think are key. One is that we got a, a lot of um, insight into what they call visibility filtering, right? So that's shadow banning. Uh, I even found a document a couple of days ago called um, the year in visibility filtering. Like they were, <laughs> they were like sending around a, a mass email uh, kind of can, sort of celebrating all the different new tools they'd invented over the course of the year to um to tone down people's uh, public visibility. Um, and then the other thing is just the, the direction of requests from the state for, um, for action on various accounts. And we've, we've found a lot of that and most of it seems all to go the same route um, with a few exceptions, yeah, the COVID stuff included. I mean, it, 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 there's some politics that we're starting to get into too, where they were very unreceptive to things that were coming from the Trump administration, but very receptive to things that uh, were coming from their trusted partners at the kind of permanent uh, FBI, DHS, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's been weird. Well, you know, let's recap for a second for the audience that's been doing normal things like Christmas shopping and, um, you know, attempting to rebook flights and so on. It seems to me that the Twitter files have so far demonstrated that social media, which sounds as though it arises in some organic way from socializing, from people being themselves and talking to each other, is not exactly that. It's a much more controlled, much more um, engineered scrutinized and crafted product than some might have thought before this Twitter files effort. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Um, we've, we've definitely found that uh, there have been a number of what they would call um, inorganic information operations, right? So that's, various state actors who are creating accounts. And one of the most interesting things was a story that came out earlier this year. I think you and I might've talked about this when it came out in the news. Remember when, when um, Mark Zuckerberg uh, mentioned on the R Rogan show that the FBI had given him a heads up about the Hunter Biden story? Yes. And so that roughly that same week, um, there was a story that came out in the Washington Post about how a U.S.-based in, uh, information operation had been shut down by Facebook and Twitter. Uh, there were a couple of reporters at the Post who were in on this, including uh, Ellen Nakashima, who's uh, one of their big national security reporters. Um, anyway, th that story, they didn't get into the specifics of it, but it turns out to... Um, I'll trace back to an event in July of 2020 when Facebook 
initially decided to stop uh, green lighting, uh, what they were calling an, an information operation by the Department of Defense, which was creating local language uh, Twitter accounts. And it, it seems like to counter local news about things like drone attacks. Uh, mm. And so Twitter, local news in what country? All over, it seems like. Syria is definitely one of them. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but Facebook and Twitter kind of got together and they decided to um, to not uh, to no longer carry these uh, accounts. Now, why they suddenly got religion in uh, the summer of 2020, we have no idea. But they they had gone on for a while. Um, it seems like there was a, a sense from the from the company. I, I, I talked to one person, uh, former official who who said that um, they kind of felt that the DOD was Trumpier than the FBI. So they were very enthusiastic about working with the FBI, but not so much with um, with yeah. the Pentagon and then with also with the State Department, which is another thing we're learning about now. But uh, but yeah, but there are all these state state actors, everywhere, China, Iran, uh, Russia, and they're creating lots and lots of these fake accounts. And we don't know exactly what the percentage is. I mean, I, I had one, um, one source suggested to me that the number at one point on Twitter was like some, it was some ridiculously high percentage, like some 70 to 80% of the accounts were uh, inauthentic. But I, I don't know if that could be right. All I'll say on that is that before uh, the the files were opened before Musk took over. Um, I had sources uh, in the sort of intelligence adjacent uh, community, contractors and so on, uh, a couple of whom who told me that the fake accounts were in that same range. Um, right, right. Know, up, up, up 60, 70, 80%. These are the statistics and the notions that are impossible to check with a black box, one that you're still probing. So I don't know if we'll ever have hard numbers on that kind of thing, uh, or if it's even possible to get them, but, uh, well, we might be able to, to get some, some insight into how that, how many of them there are. I mean, we, we're starting to get hard numbers about all sorts of things. And, um, one thing I think, eventually that's going to come out about all this is is that our sense of what's possible in terms of machine learning and ai and the creation of fake accounts and uh, you know the use of uh automated processes to make make it seem like it's a real person on the other end talking to you um is still a lot more advanced than we might have thought previously uh, so and the, and the capacity is certainly only increasing um, it, it, if we're good to judge by the um, advances in, you know, more civilian uses of, of uh, AI and so on. Um, but but, you know, this morning before we got on, I was thinking, OK, Twitter files, what have we learned so far about the sort of things that Twitter and its handlers or its um, trusted partners, so to speak, 
uh, are interested in. And it's the election, the Hunter Biden laptop, Ukraine, COVID, uh, Venezuela, a few other things. In other words, we've got a whole list of the most important topics of the last few years, domestically and internationally, all of which it seems to some extent or another, and to, in some cases to a really significant extent, were monitored um, and uh, were mm, crafted, intervened upon by state actors. Uh, when you look at these Twitter files and you see that process taking place and you see it impinging on the most important topics of public discussion, health, war, elections, can you honestly say that our social media is a free platform? Is it really any different than something that you'd see in China or another so-called authoritarian system? How much freer are we than those places which we look down on? I, I don't, I don't know because, you know, we're, we're definitely finding out that uh, the United States cr creates fake accounts. We know, we know that for sure. We have, we, we have them talking about the, the DOD doing that in other countries, but now we're also see, hearing about them doing it uh, in our own country. And then more than that, they're also suppressing accounts in our country. Um, and how do they do that? And, and this is the thing that critics are harping on. It, it's not a direct order, right? So what would happen is... It's yeah. more of an offer you can't refuse kind of thing in the Godfather sense. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the horse head, uh, you know, moment. Because, because what happens when people do disobey or balk at these orders? It seems to me, from reading the files, that pressure is renewed. Um, it isn't forgotten. Uh, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of internal debate. Um, you know, early on in the files, we had the case of some sort of, you know, internal Twitter dissident, so to speak, who was questioning the whole effort and seemed pretty lonely in that. Um, but, uh, you know, because we're not getting direct orders in a military sense, are we not getting them in a civilian sense? I mean, even your boss telling you to do something usually says it would be a great idea if you went down and started my car and warmed it up before I drove home on Christmas Eve. I think it would be wonderful. Well, I mean, it wasn't a direct order, but, uh, why don't you, you just know. go ahead and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It would be great if, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and one, one thing that I've noticed, especially last week in your pre-Christmas drop, as it were, um, was the frustration of the government with Twitter's inability to find evidence of extensive foreign influence and Twitter's own panic over its inability to satisfy its, um, uh, its trusted partners to be, you know, to use a euphemism. And, 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 and Twitter talked about something called we're going to lose our window of independence, quote unquote. What were they talking about? Yeah, our window on that is closing. So I thought that was a, a really key moment. Um, 
there is an employee at Twitter who has uh, an interesting past, um, who is ex-CIA, and uh, in a dialogue with some other executives, um, they were basically talking about how we're really frustrated at um, at these repeated requests from various agencies. See, what would happen is, you know, an agency would send over uh, a list of thousands of accounts and basically say, we, we assess that these are uh, created by the Internet Research Agency or, you know, Russia's inter- Internet Research Agency, or these are Iran state actor uh, associated accounts or Chinese uh, affiliated accounts. And they wouldn't really send over any evidence except that these accounts follow maybe the wrong people. And then they're also, quote unquote, surfacing certain narratives. I mean, according to the the standards that they use, you know, people like you and me would probably qualify as, um, as, you know, like a a Russian or Iranian or even a Cuban state actor uh, on, on certain issues. And so they would send all these these thousands and thousands of uh, accounts over. And what they want is for Twitter to act quickly, um, say yes, and action them somehow, either delete them or label them or something. Uh, but there's no way to do that all um, that quickly. So they're talking about their frustration about this. And one executive says to the other, this, this is the one with the CIA passed, um, you know, our, our, our government partners are getting more and more aggressive about this. And um, once upon a time, we, you know, my stance would have been, let's wait for more evidence. But, um, but our window on that is closing, uh, which by which, he, you know, essentially what they meant was they're putting so much pressure on us that uh, we're, we're no longer going to be in the position of saying no, really. Uh, and, and, and what's ironic about it is that they're no longer going to be in the position of saying no because they can't find evidence of the assertion that these are foreign actors behind these tweets and these accounts and so on. In other words, they're saying they're not going to give us any more time to to find what they're telling us is so, which we can't find. Absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. And then uh, there's this other weird subplot where it looks like the so the FBI would do that or the DHS would do that about a whole bunch of accounts. Um, and they would send over thousands of them. A lot of them might be Trump related accounts uh, with, you know, things like, hey, Democrats, uh, you know, go vote, go vote on Wednesday, right? Like they they ran a search for November 4th, clearly, and got gazillions of trolls and they wanted immediate action on those. And when they when they didn't get it fast enough, that's the you, know, you got the thing that you were talking about, where you would see an FBI agent uh, write an email saying escalating this again, escalating this again, right? And uh, but if they didn't do it fast enough, then, you know, there might be something in the news that would leak out about how, um, you know, the government is ex- experiencing frustration with companies like X and Y that are not working fast enough to suppress foreign disinformation. And then I think 
I think the Trump administration at one point got frustrated that um, that Twitter and Facebook and some other companies were working so fast um, on, on behalf of certain parts of the state apparatus. And they started trying to do the same thing in a more overt uh, and clunkier way. And Twitter balked at that too. And uh, But it ended up being this endless cycle of more and more accounts for the shorter and shorter time frame in which they had to act. There's just no, there's no possible way that they could have evaluated these accounts one by one. Uh, it, it's just, it's just not possible. So, I mean, I can't, I, I, it, this is a tired comparison in the sense that it's been made a million times, but I don't think it's tired in the sense that it's irrelevant. This reminds me of the very essence of McCarthyism when the accusation became the conviction when suspicion became, you know, the proof. In other words, you're getting all these requests, you're getting all these assertions from state actors that people are somehow linked to foreign influence campaigns, even though they're not proving it, and even though the entity Twitter itself is having trouble finding evidence for these uh, uh, notions, but they develop a life of their own, and soon, it seems, Twitter kind of gives up attempting to be any kind of arbiter and just starts pulling the switches. You know, they're the operator in the old movies, you know, pulling one plug and putting it in another place, going so fast that they don't have time to think. Yeah, exactly. It's like those... Uh... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember what... Uh, cartoon this is from where basically there'd be a there's two bureaucrats with stacks of papers and one hands uh, one paper to the other and stamps it and then they hand it back and the other person stamps it again it's just the endless process of people stamping papers and that's kind of what what's going on here is uh, you know the government will send over these massive lists twitter kind of stamps them foreign or labels them foreign or deletes them um, and then the government actor sends more and more and more and more lists. And, and I think what's, what's crazy, we've even seen, there are emails where, um, where, where one of them will say something like, um, you know, if we give the, the contact info for Yoel Roth to this or that state agency, we know what's going to happen next. They're just going to call over and over again. So, so, you know, Yoel Roth was Twitter's sort of chief censor. So what basically what they're saying internally is we have to limit the number of state agencies that um, have access to our top people, because otherwise we're going to be we're going to be just sort of endlessly doing this. Um, and, you, and before the elections, you can see their frustration uh, about how overwhelmed they are with these um, requests. Uh, one of the one of the key actors, the, one of the top lawyers, Sasha Cardiel, uh, she has, there's an email where she says, my inbox is so fucked now. Uh, and she's talking about how it's just this endless sea of stuff coming from the FBI. And well, that's what happens to promiscuous people. They get to the <laughs> point where uh, they can't afford to give their number to anyone because the 
phone rings and they say, hey, you were with so-and-so, what's wrong with me? Um, I mean, could we have been projecting in some sense uh, the United States? Because we were doing in other countries, it seems, exactly what we accused them of doing in ours. Oh, I, I think there's no question that's going on, right? Like that we're, we're imagining that this must be what it is because we do it, you know? If, if, uh, there's, an old, there's an old saying, to look behind the door, you must have been behind the door once, you know? In other words, you, you, you fear in others what you've done yourself. Um, and uh, if, if other countries had been anywhere near as um, uh, prolific or effective in uh, doing what we did around drone strikes, say, um, you'd think we'd have found it. When they don't give evidence right away for things, they say there's no time. But do they ever give it ultimately? You know, I haven't really seen it. And, you know, again, they're not even they're never really giving evidence. Uh, what they're doing is they're evaluating um, certain characteristics of these accounts. So, for instance, there was a Prof state that they're profiling, you're saying they're profiling. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they're, so the State Department in February of 2020 um, sent over a, um, a, a sort of notice to Twitter saying, well, here's a whole bunch of accounts that um, we think are Russian related because they're speculating about the origin of the virus in a way that doesn't coincide with, with our theory of how it happened. Um, they're, they're actually, um, pointing the finger at anybody who repeated the zero hedge theory about a certain scientist, you know, the, who is supposedly involved with, uh, creating the, the virus. Um, so anybody who had any contact with that, um, with that theory, they think must be a Russian actor. Uh, there, you know, there's exacerbation of general concerns related to the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> you know, blaming Bill Gates for running a simulation test six weeks prior to the to the outbreak in in China. So if you if you did any of these things or, or describing the coronavirus as an engineered bio bioweapon, um, people could obviously organically be thinking of these things. Uh, but well, I, I know they were organically thinking of it because I live in a little town in Montana over which Putin has scant influence, I can tell you. And they were thinking it here and they were thinking it not as the result of tweets because nine tenths of them don't go on Twitter and don't know what the hell I'm talking about half the time when I sit down in a cafe and start rambling about this stuff. But, um, you know, uh, but what I find interesting is here we're saying it's the Russians behind election misinformation. It's the Russians behind Hunter Biden's laptop misinformation. It's the Russians behind COVID information, too. Why was it a state security concern of the United States that we um, all sing to the same tune about COVID and not 
make conjectures or even investigate uh, about or even investigate its origins. I, I don't I don't quite understand why why it's the Russians want everything bad and what you know, and, and everything bad that happens here somehow flows back to them. Yeah, again, I, the only thing that that um, that comes to mind is that it's just paranoia. I mean, you, you see in some of these reports, there's another report um, that that I saw that comes from an agency that, you know, I, I can't be certain which agency it was. It's, it's definitely a government agency because it came by way of the FBI. Uh, the file was created by FBI people. We can tell that. Um, it looks like uh, it looks like it might be a, a CIA document because some CIA people tell tell me that that's how they structured their their briefs. But they're but they're looking at things like um, these accounts are uh, saying negative things about the re-election campaign of Emmanuel Macron. Um, therefore, we assess with high probability that these are related to the Internet Research Agency of. <laughs> you know, of of Russia, and they're not—they're not giving you any in, information about how they came to that conclusion. Just that it has those characteristics. Therefore, um, we think that. And then, and then there, there will be an Excel document with thousands and thousands of accounts. Uh, and I, again, I don't know how the companies are supposed to, you know, spend do any kind of real evaluation of any of this stuff um they certainly so, mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you can be an american with no contact with russia no contact with russia's intermediary organizations or fronts you can voice an opinion and if that opinion is deemed to accord with what are purported to be russian propaganda interests you can be uh canceled, minimized, or have your visibility taken away on that basis alone, what, in, in, on the basis of some sort of intellectual affinity between your thought and what is said to be Russian state-sponsored thought. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, <laughs> there was even a funny sequence in one of these uh one of these lists, right? So they come by way of this thing called the Foreign Influence Task Force. So they'll send over uh, basically a um, an attachment with a whole bunch of accounts, and it will say something like, you know, Russian associated activity or whatever, whatever it is. And there's there's one where they're struggling internally. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe to TK News at taibi.substack.com.